The Keelan Saturday edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100 times. That's right. Turn five into 500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And, folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Uh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I've got my Cuban link on. Yes, Cuban B. And I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn. I got ice all over my body, looking like a snowman. Big rocks in the grill, dancing like a slow jam. My chain's so heavy, I'm walking like an old man. Try me, you I'm telling you guys, it's the first time that Paul Wall has resurfaced in what feels like a decade. And now the fact that he looks like the other dads at the daycare pickup that you like, what's up, nod to, but you never speak to, nor do you care how their days are going, makes me love Paul Wall uh, even more. Uh, so rounding out this week of fantastic guests, uh, we had Craig Milkowski Wednesday. We had Matt Dinnerman yesterday. Here's a clue that your last guest of the week might be a fantastic one. Uh, when the other two really good guests, uh, both separately and uncoerced, tell me how much they love today's guest, uh, I was supposed to ask him about various inside jokes, but here's the deal. I used to rule in my early 20s, and my short-term memory is not what it used to be. He's half of the reboot of the Drinking Champagne Show with Josh Rodriguez. He is a certified wordsmith, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Champagne. What's up, buddy? How's it going, Chase? And now I've got to send Craig and Matt both uh, checks and thank you notes and a whole bunch of other stuff. So appreciate the kind words that they put in on my behalf. I have known Craig for the better part of 20 years when I was posting on paceadvantage.com as a teenager and absolutely should not have been doing that. And Matt, I can't say enough good things about you're going to love him at Oaklawn. I know I've loved him up here in Northern California. If anybody out there has a problem with Matt, I've got a problem with you. That's how good a guy he is. It's, I mean, not just a really good guy. I mean, you know, prepping for that show, I'd always listened to Golden Gate Fields calls. I hadn't always paid the best attention to him. And I was going back through and I was trying to do like a Pepsi challenge, like listen side by side. Okay, who do you compare to? I don't think that he really like has a comparison, but he is just like one of the best, like fundamental nuts and bolts telling you what's happening in the race and has such like a good eye for um, what's going to happen and where it's going to come from. Like he can pick out the the horse that's going to make the move. And like, you're like, I was watching a replay. I was like, I think this horse might make a move and he jumped on it. I, you know, latched my focus onto it. He's going to be a, a pretty good one uh congrats on the reboot of of drinking champagne which is one of the more awesomely uh named podcasts out there Um, yeah i wish i could take some credit for that i can't that was all a josh rodriguez creation and yeah we started doing episodes again a couple of weeks ago there was some stuff that came up over the summer to where 
I needed to take a break from a lot of different things. There was some personal stuff, some professional stuff. Thankfully, that's all been sorted out. We've got a couple episodes back up from this past month that we were both very proud of and we'll be going onward and going forward. So really happy that that's been online for the last couple of weeks again. Uh, you can check us out on the On the Wrong Lead Network. It's on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. It, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, really helps us out. So cheap plug there. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing that. Uh, Josh has been a good friend of mine. Uh, Caleb and Mark also from that network are just phenomenal people. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Mark Capitan, as much as I like to make fun of him, is an absolute sweetie pie, I've decided. Um, speaking of sweetie pies, that's a terrible transition, but here we go with it anyway. What are we going to be talking about today? We've got one of our $100 budget shows, and it's going to be for Keeneland's Saturday. That's Saturday, October 6th, Year of Our Lord, 2023. Their card, an 11 race card, excellent card. Uh, it's going to be any race, any wager. We just have to stick within a $100 budget. First post is going to be 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 God's time, and 11 a.m. specific time zone. Um, do you have a strategy looking at this and how you're going to to kind of deviate it? Do you do you, or do you just kind of like make jazz as you're as you're flipping through and you're you're throwing in plays and let's uh, figure out the uh, the budget for it later? First of all, it's a really good card on Excellent. Saturday. Excellent a lot of card. full fields, a lot of chances where I think you can find horses in the six to one, eight to one, ten to one range that make a lot of sense. So early on in the card, I leaned on a couple of those horses. Late in the card, I've got a couple of pick four plays that I like. I went really skinny with the all stakes pick four that starts in race number seven, went a little wider in race number eight. There are going to be some people out there saying, well, why didn't you play a pick five? Well, earlier on in the card, I've got a couple of mid-priced horses that I'm taking swings with, so just decided to be able to do that early and concentrate on the two pick fours late. Having said that, I will probably be playing a pick five, and honestly, it'll probably be one of those DRF ticket maker deals that if I tried to describe on here, would take yeah. about 10 minutes, and nobody's got yeah. that kind of time. So if you want to see a pick five ticket, chances are I'll have one on my Twitter, at Andrew Champagne, or on my X, are we calling that? And don't no, worry. No, we're, we're never it, calling it X on here. You, it won't be an article that doesn't have a headline where you don't know what you're clicking. I don't know whose idea that was, or if that was just some engineer deciding he was bored. But yeah. At any rate, that was the strategy there. And if you want to pick five ticket for races seven through 11, chances are I'll have one at Andrew Champagne is where you'd find the way I'd lay it out. And if you want the the really raunchy, uh, just hot buttered ticket porn, you can check out his OnlyFans where he gives you some C's with three J's ticket structures. <laughs> um, that feels that feels like Mark. Mark's so good at like the horizontal tickets that like, you know, every time you talk to him, his B just won and it's kind of fantastic. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's dive into it. Uh, Andrew and I both looks like didn't sit on our hands and uh, wait for a race to, to see how we felt. Uh, we dive into the first a six and a half furlong, $40,000, not winners of two lifetime. The only conditions I don't mind reading to the people because I understand what the abbreviation means. Uh, it is on the dirt. Um, I'm hoping we saw this the same way because I love myself a, a big price in this race. I mean, we both do like a big price, at least on the morning line. And this is one of those instances, Chase, where I think, watch the board. Yeah. And the first flash of the tote board in particular. Because if number eight, Fan the Fire, is ready, 
you're not getting 12 to one. If that horse shows up on the board at five or six to one, chances are, you know, the horse is sitting on go. Look, this is a horse that has not run in the better part of two years. Yeah. That is a significant red flag for most trainers. Carrie Bryan, though, can train a horse coming off a layoff. It's people who enjoy following the Saratoga meets know her as one of the best steeplechase trainers around. And those horses get laid up for six, eight months without anybody thinking anything of it. So I think less of the long layoff with her involved. And I also look at the work tab and I see a horse that's been working very, very well and very, very consistently. I like the outside draw for a horse that's got some flexibility with the running style has some early speed, but doesn't necessarily need the lead in order to run well. I like the fact that Gerardo Corrales sees fit to ride when he's enjoyed a really good year and probably had some options in this race. I see 12 to one on the morning line. I think you're going to get about eight to one come post time. And I will have a $10 win ticket on horse number eight, fan the fire. And hopefully we wind up in a situation where that one wins and we're close to even on the day, regardless of how everything else shakes out. Yep, uh, as you alluded to. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah, I, I'm on Fan the Fire as well. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it is coming in off of the 23-month layoff. And I think that that's going to keep the, the price fair. If this horse isn't you know anywhere near a layoff, 5-2, to two, I think. I, I think that the horse takes a nibble, but people will be so scared of that, that almost two-year layoff that it stays there. And I mean, it's not like the horse comes from, from bad connections either. You know, Carrie Bryan uh, gets this one from three diamonds farm. You're used to seeing the name Mike maker with, with three diamonds farm, of course, but I don't let that scare, you know, scare me off. They have plenty of good horses to disperse. They can just be like a point guard with good horses for other trainers. Uh, so I'm in for a $10 win bet as well. We're just copycat. We're just <laughs> adorable. Look at us. All right, uh, before we jump into our next plays, got to get some words in from our good friends at Game Time. Listen, I, I'm always stressed trying to plan to do things. I uh, don't have what they call uh, you know, executive function with my brain. Like, it's just a, it, I'm a jellyfish, guys. So when it comes to like going to shows and everything, I don't plan ahead. I procrastinate and I can do it with the Game Time app because I can find fast and easy flash deals on last minute tickets for sports for comedy for Bridway maybe I don't know alright you gotta check it out images of your seat views you can just browse through there find what you want to do and get a great deal with the game time app because it's the last place or sorry the place for last minute ticket deals uh, plus they got a guarantee you're gonna get the lowest price it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Snag your tickets without the stress of game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first time purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download the game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Sometimes, uh, you know, Keith Sweat just shows up in your town to do a show, and you don't know if you're going to be able to get in to see Keith Sweat. That's a hot ticket, but um, tis. We're also brought to you by our good friends at Hall of Fame Bets. Oh, those nerds are helping you win big by betting smarter this NFL season. Uh, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. We can research NBA, MLB, soccer, NFL. I bet they have Uzbeki girls table tennis. 
Uh, you can even have enter a parlay ID into the Hall of Fame bets, revolutionary parlay optimizer to get a hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an, an expected probability of the entire parlay. So please stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with the Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right. Got to get a rehydration uh, thing because that took all of my saliva. Interlude. Scrambling, gambling, I must rock with mandolins and violins. There we go. It was a quick sip. All right, moving on. Andrew had a play in race three. Race three is going to be a $100,000 maiden special weight, seven furlongs, on the dirt. It's one I skipped. I thought that there were so many compelling, you know, races for winners that I didn't play in any of the maiden races, but I, I'm very interested to hear where you went with this one. Sure. So I thought this was a great betting race. It's a field of eight, and I don't like the morning line favorite in here at all. That's number four, Take Time to Dream, who's run twice and I don't think has been particularly impressive. If that one's your favorite, I think it's a favorite you have to try to beat. And I'm going to try to beat that one with a couple of horses that I think will be among your second, third, fourth choices. Number two, Devil Blue Dress is a first-time starter from the Dale Romans barn. And I love the two-back work at Churchill Downs going four furlongs and 46 and four. That's the fastest of 52 works at the distance. A daughter of Into Mischief added out of a distorted humor mare. This horse is bred to be a runner. Luis Saez probably had some options. Love to see him back after some of the stuff he's been through the last couple of months. He winds up on this one. And if this one can run at all, I think is going to be a major player. I'm also going to use number five, Icicles, who hasn't been out of the barn in about 10 months, but has been working consistently and ran well first time out at Churchill when second beaten just a half length despite some trouble. I think if this one is ready to go and gets back to that debut form, stands a big chance, and we're getting a bit of an inflated price based off of the long layoff. So for me, I'm going to do a couple of fun things in here. I've got $3 exacta plays where I'm using number two Devil Blue Dress and number five Icicles on top of those two, number one Crushed Ice, and number seven Insensitive. So two five with one two five seven in $3 exactas, that'll wind up costing you $18. And I'll also key Devil Blue Dress and Icicles in $2 doubles, that single, the next horse that I'm going to lean on as part of that mid-price brigade, that's horse number six in race number four. So two five with six in $2 doubles. In total, that's $22 on this race, $32 out of the budget in total. Uh, two notes for you on this one. Uh, if you're unaware, I worship a uh, deity that is one half man, one half horse, one half Dale Romans, uh, the Dale Tar. Praise be to he. Oh, my. You've never seen the Dale Tar? I, no, no, I have not. I Just appreciate wait. that. That already yeah. puts today in the win column, regardless of anything else that happens. Also, uh, I'm glad you said... Uh, was it icicles because uh i was calling it like icicles like some sort of just dollar store ass homer like i i really just kind of or maybe it's just the greek god of cold weather yeah 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 that's the kind of low rent shit that that dollar store homer needs you know to, <laughs> to lean on all right you gave your uh who you're doubling into for race four i've also got a play there in the eight and a half for a long hundred and twenty thousand dollar non-winners of two somethings i'm not your 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 uh you know, conditions reader. Uh, it's on the turf. Uh, I've got a, 
$5 win place play here. Uh, I'm going to give you a play, but I'm also going to give you a, a rant uh, regarding uh, the win and place pool. Uh, I might save it for later. We'll see. We'll see how it fits. Uh, my quest quest for double digit odds continues. Uh, and I'm going to use the, uh, the Safi horse. Not a mercy. Number 10 beach nut trophy at 12 to one horse has done some of its best running in its career. Second off the layoff kind of like today should be stocked, you know, stocking for a wide trip trip in the second wave of pace and have a first, you know, run as the pace comes back to the field. Safi does well in allowance company gets Jose Ortiz up. I was looking to see if uh, Irad was in this race too, because uh, one of my favorite angles has become just blindly betting the longer price Ortiz brother, but uh, no such luck with a shorter Irad. He'll have to do it on his own, uh, but I like the, the looks of this horse and I think it's got a, a good chance to, uh, to get up there. Uh, the reason I say, okay, I'm going to do the rant now. Let's talk about betting place and show real quick. I'd like to get Andrew's opinion on this. Um, there is a time and a place for place and show bets. While some people will tell you never do it, I'm here to tell you if you just watch the pools, watch the markets, watch where the money's going, and then apply your opinion to it and your opinion of the favorites in those pools and where they're going to finish, there can be plenty of value in those pools. But there's also no value in taking a horse that's, you know, slammed in the place pool slammed in the show pool and betting them across the uh, across the board it's at that point you're just diluting your profits you need to focus in and take a stand and just bet to win so while some people frown at place at show uh, use it use it as a tool there there's a place where you can get just like a you know cheap little five you know five to one for a horse to just beat like four other horses uh andrew your take most of the time, you shouldn't be betting to place and show. I will say that much. Having said that, it's like anything else. The tote board is your most valuable source of information after you've handicapped the race. And if you can spot a potential overlay to where, say I like the second choice, but the second choice in a 10-horse field is the fifth or sixth choice in the place pool, then yeah, it's worth potentially taking a shot there. And also, look, we're mentioning show bets, and I know already that the ticket police are just chomping at the bit trying to get at both of us here. One thing I will say, and this is something I learned working at TVG from a guy named Rich Perloff, one of the hosts there. He loves going against bridge jumpers in short fields. Oh, God, yes. If you've got a one to nine shot, that is taking 95% of the show money in a five horse field, take $8, put two to show on every other horse in the field. And if that horse falls down on its nose out of the gate and doesn't hit the board, all of a sudden you've turned that $8 into a hundred dollars. And I get that for sure. And the worst case scenario is you lose $3 and 80 cents. So I think there are potentially times you can do that. I will say there are sometimes you shouldn't. And that way that wins out for me most of the time. Yep. But it's like anything else. Watch the tote board, see where the value is because each race is its own handicapping puzzle. And if you see what you think is value in say a second choice in the wind pool being the fifth choice in the place pool, which does happen, that's where you wind up capitalizing. I'll give you an example from my handicapping career. One of the best races I've ever seen live was the Breeders' Cup Classic with Beholder and Songbird. Mm-hmm. I had Songbird to place, 
And I wasn't sweating the photo at all because that horse was three to five in the wind pool and turned out to be three to five in the place pool. So that's where you take your place bet. And I actually right. made a, made enough to buy myself a burger on the way back home that night. So it worked out just fine. But the thing is, watch the tote board, people. That is the most valuable thing that I think you can take away from this little discussion that we've just had. And no, I mean, I have this theory that you can actually tell where all the, the money, the sharp money is going to end up in the wind pools if you just play it, pay attention to what's happening in the place pools. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe people kind of sharp money kind of hides their bets a little bit by nibbling a little bit to place and then hammering that, you know, horse they bet to place later. I there's I'll figure out data. I'll do a deep dive. But I, I I've won races just betting based off of how the you know place pools were uh, were uh, configured and where the money was going. All right. We got to get one more word in and it's from our friends at Underdog Fantasy. They've got a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy hundred times payout. Underdog is matching 100% of first deposits up to $100 and $100,000 Sundays continues on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players will win $10,000 each. When you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. All right, so I was a $5 win place on Beach Nut Trophy in the fourth. Uh, Andrew had his horse uh, finishing the double there, and you also had a play in race four. Andrew, what do you got? Sure. So this is one of those, the more I look, the more I like this horse sort of plays. And I'm going to focus on number six, Quality Star, who is six to one on the morning line, going second off the layoff for Paolo Lobo. For one thing, this is a horse that does her best running here at Keeneland, two for three lifetime over the Keeneland turf course. And I think this race sets up for exactly what Quality Star wants. I think there's a fair amount of pace in this particular race. I think Cupid's Strike and Zawish, just to this one's outside both have a lot of early speed, and there are some other turf horses in here with some tactical speed as well. So I think the pace is going to be legitimate, and I think that sets up for everything Quality Star wants. I don't think Quality Star will have a horse beaten going into the first turn, and you'll be able to tell if this one has a chance just by the first quarter and the first half-mile fractions. But Quality Star has run well here a number of different times. One here in October of 2022, breaking the maiden by four lengths. They tried this one against some tougher competition the next couple of starts. One of those starts, though, was a $110,000 allowance here at Keeneland, where this one stormed home, rallying from 10th of 11 to win by a length and a quarter. It's not like the race last time out at Kentucky Downs was bad. I just don't think she had a lot of pace to chase. When you see six furlongs in 113 over a turf course that's been playing significantly faster than it had in some previous years, I don't think that's very fast. I think they go a little bit quicker up here in this spot, and I think Quality Star has every chance if she gets the right trip. I respect your likely favorite, number five, Saffron Moon, but I just can't bet that horse at the likely price, at least on top. So I'm going to lean on Quality Star. As mentioned, finishes out those $2 doubles that I started in race number three. It'll also be a $10 win bet on Quality Star, and I will key this one in exactus. I'll have $3 exactas using the six on top of one, five, nine, and 11. 
and I'll have $2 exactas using 1, 5, 9, and 11 with 6. So in total, that's $30 on this race, $62 out of the budget. Doing the uh, doing the uh, both ways exacta bet, the Missy Elliott take take it, flip it, and reverse it, flip it now, flip it, flip it, flip it. All right. That takes care of race four. Moving in. Next play was in race six. I'll lead it off. Five and a half furlongs, $350,000 Woodford stakes, grade two on the turf. Uh, this is probably my my bigger play where if I hit this, I'm definitely profitable for the day. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a big boy pants swing. I'm playing a $10 exact, and the way I'm playing it is I'm keying the 11 beer can man on top at four to one. And then I'm working in uh, two horses underneath uh, the number seven, Coppola, uh, along with the number four. Got to find the name because I left it out of my notes. Uh, Eyewitness, I believe. Yep, got it. All right. So, Beer Came Man ships in after traffic trouble, being forced to race a little bit out of its comfort zone in terms of, of links off the lead. I think someone's going to be stalking pretty close to what could be a fairly hot pace with Flava Flava up. And, you know, I, I think that Beer Can Man can be sitting more of a first run wide trip uh, waiting to just kind of bite its time to to strike in the stretch. Uh, and then I think that the other horses, uh, you know, Coppola seems like a get out on front, but still maybe hang for, for the uh, exacta kind of horse. And the four eyewitness, one that seems to be able to come from a little bit further off the pace. Uh, also probably big balloons if I get it in second in the exacta. So it's a $20 play, $10 exacta, 11 with four, seven. Andrew, how'd you play the Woodford turf? This is a really fun race with a lot of horses that if you're a fan of horse racing and you've been around for a little while, have names that you recognize. Beer Can Man is a really cool horse. There's a couple of other horses in here that are really hard knockers. You see Bad Beat Brian has shown up a lot. You see Coppola, you see R Shot. You see a horse named Olympic Runner who makes the 34th career start as a seven-year-old gelding. A lot of fun horses to root for. Having said that, my top pick is actually the Wesley Ward trainee that you did not use, and that's number nine, Coffee Maker. Coffee Maker wants it firm. She wants to hear her feet rattle. And if you look at the past performances, the efforts where she sort of looks a little flat and winds up a little more one pace than she should be mostly come over turf courses that have a little bit of cut in the ground. Well, the weather's supposed to be absolutely beautiful. I think we're going to get a firm turf course. And if we get a firm turf course, Chase, I think she's going to be pretty tough in here at a price. I don't think we're going to get 12 to 1. I think the presence of Wesley Ward is going to drive the price down a little bit. I think we're going to get 7 to 1, 8 to 1, though, just because of the sheer size of the field. Coffee Maker's got a ton of early speed. Remember, this was one of Wesley Ward's best two-year-olds a couple of years ago to where they sent this one to Royal Ascot and didn't run badly with her. She was eighth beaten just four lengths in a group two over there back in June of 2021. Wesley takes his time with this one. There are some layoff lines, but he's kept this one pretty sound all year, ran very well in each of the last two starts. That win at Saratoga was very, very sharp. You see 21 and three, you see 44 flat, and she never once looked like a loser. Luis Saez will ride, one of the best gate riders in the country, and I think Coffee Maker has every chance to wire a very good field in the grade two Woodford. 
$10 win bet for me on Coffee Maker. And I think there's every chance that this one leads every step of the way and establishes herself as one of the favorites for the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. What'd you think of the Euro Shipper trained by first uh, original Batman, Adam West? That's, I literally just wanted to make the Adam <laughs> West show. Um, it's one of those instances where I like Euros a little bit more going a little bit longer. I think the last race was very good. You see a time form rating of 123. That works out roughly to a buyer speed figure of between 105 and 108. That's a legitimate race. Having said that, I look at a lot of this one's races and I see soft going. I see good going. You don't necessarily know if this one is going to want the type of turf courses that we get in the States. I see three to one on the morning line. I think this one's going to get bet. And if this one beats me, I'll tip my cap and I'll move on. It's a case where would I be shocked? Probably not. But at the likely price, I can't bet this horse. I like betting European shippers at eight to one, 10 to one. I can't bet a European shipper going off as the favorite in a race with some pretty talented turf sprinters signed on. And I think coffee maker is an overlay at or near anywhere close to that morning line price. Man, bad beat, Brian, just for naming that horse. How about just life imitating art that it's doing exactly what you named bad beat Brian to do, which is just (laughs) get beat in bad situations. All right. Let's move on to race seven. I've got a pick three that I'm starting in race six. I'm six. I'm going to wait till uh, we get through race eight to kind of recap it because uh, it's it's interconnected. It's all connected. It's really it's like a Inception the movie into horse place. All right, uh, moving on. Race seven, six furlong, three hundred fifty thousand dollar thoroughbred Club of America Stakes, a Grade Two on the dirt. Uh, I know you've got a pick four starting off here. I'm going to go ahead and give you uh, what I'm doing. That's just a, the simple pick one. I'm doing a win bet, $10, number four, static fire at seven to two. And put up a career best or damn near it last time, uh, you know, it made the tur- turf to dirt move. In fact, last time it made the the Kentucky Downs uh, turf to Keeneland dirt move, it, it was also a winner. And as we know, uh, me betting horses uh, that were at Kentucky Downs last out. pig boy. Can I get the definition? Just dirty little pig boy for that move. Um, Lynch is positive ROI, for, uh, second off the layoff, uh, as is the Lynch-Christian uh, Torres combination. Um, I think it's no muss, no fuss. Fair odds. Hopefully they stay that way. Hit it with the $10 win bet on static fire. Uh, I believe you are away, sir. Yeah, and I like your logic with static fire. This is a horse that has clearly had her issues some layoff lines, was off a long time going into that Kentucky Downs race, but ran very well. Fun horse that can run on either turf or dirt. I remember that second time effort back in May of 2022. You see the horse that finished second. That's a horse named On the Ones and Twos, who's a really nice horse that wouldn't be too far out of place in this particular race. So Static Fire has shown talent for a long time. I think we both agree that the morning line favorite, Ugiri, is vulnerable. I see the race last time out. I think that was a career best effort. And I think this one is a candidate to bounce off of that performance. I see the only other times this horse came even close to replicating that over muddy or sloppy tracks in your neck of the woods chase. And she's going to need to, in order to win this race, I think this is a favorite you're supposed to try to beat. So what I'm going to do in the first leg of an all stakes pick four 
I am going to play a $1 ticket for a total of an $8 investment. So we're going real skinny on this one. And my horses are as follows. One, four with three in race number eight. That is the first lady I think in Italian is going to be very tough to beat. Probably the most likely winner of the day with seven, nine in the Claiborne Breeders Futurity. Locked is a very talented racehorse. That win out of the Wilson shoot at Saratoga was exceptional. And I'll also use number seven, Just Steal, there because that one was the one on the lead in the hopeful and is the only one that had any excuse in that particular race. Might be a little bit of a price. With one and nine in the Coolmore Turf Mile, that's Master of the Seas and Annapolis. So that ticket again, one four with three, with seven nine, with one nine. If you're playing for 50 cents, that's a $4 play. I'm playing for a dollar for $8. And that brings me to $80 out of the $100 budget. You know, the fact that you're using Annapolis and uh, Master of the Sea, I've decided to name your ticket the Admiral Nimitz. Uh, so if you win, the Admiral, the Admiral Nimitz will go down uh, hey, in history. Admiral Nimitz is a very notable figure out here in my neck of the woods in the Bay Area. The 880 freeway where dreams go to die is called the Nimitz Freeway. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Always love roads where dreams go to die. Uh, it feels like the, you know, the track that my life has always been on. All right. <laughs> let's talk about race eight. I'm going to lead this one off. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Race eight. Eight for long. $750,000. First lady stakes. Grade one on the turf. All right. I've got an exacta. You mentioned it. There's a horse that looks like the most likely winner here. Uh, and, and it's going to be the three. Uh, it's going to be an Italian. But here's the deal. Starting in race six, I put in a pick three. It's going to be in race six, the seven and 11, uh, which were beach nut uh, as well as uh, Coppola uh, in race seven. It was uh, the three uh, last leaf and the four static fire. And then in race eight, I'm using all the horses that I think can beat an Italian. If an Italian can be beat because that is a for a 50 cent base, $8 get an Italian out. I've also beat the favorites in the other two races that could pay sex Island money, possibly on a really just small investment sex Island money. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always congratulate people who win like five figure, you know, 10 cent superfecta payouts on the, the purchase of their new sex Island and possibly their sex yacht that they use to shuttle. I sincerely hope no one from the IRS is listening to this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to hide your money uh, to evade taxes, it's going to be on your sex island, without a doubt. Um, but what I'm going to do in race eight, since I am, you know, I'm not going to say necessarily scared of an Italian. Essentially, my pick three turns into a hedge for this play, which is a $10 exacto with an Italian on top. If I think an Italian is this far the best horse, I need to start handicapping for who's going to come in second. And I'm going to use the four jumbly. For Joseph O'Brien, this one's coming in out of a grade one at Leopardstown in Ireland. Uh, it ran decent in the Boston Spa, running second to EV Jets by a, or sorry, third to EV Jets, uh, back by half length. A good speed, speed figure in that only American effort. Uh, and then I'm also going to use the seven New Year's Eve uh, for Brendan Walsh with Luis Saez up. And then the eight underneath EV Jets, who once again looks like the horse that could just go and maybe try to pester uh, an Italian. Maybe an Italian isn't pressed to go that fast, and they just merry-go-round one-two. But 
I've left myself open uh, for the old Coitus K. I'm going to call the uh, the sex island Coitus K, I've decided. Um, you know, I'm leaving myself a little wiggle room uh, in case my big exacto play doesn't work. And hopefully I'm, I'm hitting just a all-timer pick three here. Uh, you started another pick four. You got rolling pick fours. If you missed the first pick four, you can say that's why God made other pick fours, which is a nice little feature. Who you got? Sure. So first of all, I'm happy you mentioned New Year's Eve because I think that one's got a big shot to hit the board at a bit of a price. I feel like some horses just don't like Kentucky Downs. And I feel like she's one of them. There are a couple of Kentucky Downs races on the sheet that look well, pretty you, underwhelming. You mentioned this last, so I want to give you credit for it, is that these closers ran into the teeth of a bias at Kentucky Downs. It was a yeah. very forward-favoring track, and it, these horses should run back better. You would hope so. And the more you look at the two-back race, I think the more impressed you are. This one does need a pace, but should get one with how fast an Italian is and should have every chance to clunk up for second or third at a pretty big price. Having said that, I think an Italian is going to be very tough. So I'm leading off another $1 pick four, and I'm using the last $20 of my budget in order to do it. So an Italian is a single for me in race number eight. Race number nine, we're using seven and nine in the Claiborne Breeders Futurity. That is just steel and locked. Race number 10, the Coolmore Turf Mile, the Admiral Play, Master of the Seas, and Annapolis. Race number 11 is a wide open maiden race to end the card. I, your guess is as good as mine with regard to who's going to go favored in there. I'm going to go five deep. I'll use one, four, five, seven, and 12 in that particular race. So $1 pick four again, three with seven, nine, with one, nine, with one, four, five, seven, and 12. $10 for your 50 cent base. I'm playing it for a dollar. That's 20 bucks. And uh, Chase, that's it. And that's all for my $100 voucher. There you go. He taps out. I'm last $12. I'm going to use it in race 10, the million dollar Coolmore turf stakes. And uh, I'm going to use this opportunity to just get adorable with a trifecta uh, trifecta structure here. I love master of the seas, but I think I can beat this horse into second place. Maybe not any placing lower than second though. So I've loved this tri structure lately. I'm opting to key the favorite. Uh, that could be beatable into second in second place and using the pace to fill in every possible horse and first and third. This pace could be a little slow and lend itself to a horse up on the front, uh, you know, in, to win and hold off master of the seas late. So I'm, I'm using the overlays uh, stitched at 15 to one, a tone at 10 to one and Annapolis at six to one uh, in first. And then in third, I'm going to use those three horses, my overlays, uh, and then any other horse that I thought was good enough to hit the board. And that's going to include the two, four and the five, the two indestructible four set piece and the five up to the mark. So you're left with a $1 trifecta three, seven, nine with one with two, three, four, five, seven, nine. And I'm shift change at the blackjack table. I'm, I am out as well. So while we're talking about the Coolmore turf mile, I've got to get your opinion on this because I saw this on Twitter and I can't get it out of my head. Number five, up to the mark. Very good horse has won back-to-back grade one races. Yeah. His stud deal just came out. After he's retired, he will be standing at stud at a prominent farm. That's name just escapes me at the moment. Yeah. 
Do you think that is a red flag going into a couple of grade one races later in the year? Do you think this is a case where the owners cashed out? And is this a case where maybe they might think, I don't know how much more we're going to be able to get moving forward. Is that a red flag for you for a horse that might not be favored, but certainly will be no worse than the second choice in here? Yeah, you have to question how hard is this horse going to be pushed to actually win? What are the instructions going to be when you have a horse that's already got that stud deal? Is that uh, if you ride it into trouble or get it into any sort of tight spot, I will kill you. That would be, I imagine, is what the instruction would be because the stud deal is going to pay way more than this race ever will. I'm with you. I think that's a, it's a red flag. And it's something that I feel like is uh, getting to the, you know, chess from checkers level of handicapping is starting to understand the business and understanding the business moves behind what people do and how they are motivated. Because, I mean, horse talent matters, but also motivations matter a lot in horse racing. Yeah. And honestly, I think I would like up to the mark a little more if this race was a little longer. Seems like a mile and an eighth, mile and a quarter type horse rather than a horse that does his best running at a mile. And I feel like we saw that three starts ago in the maker's mark right here at Keeneland when this horse was third beaten three and three quarter lengths by Shea Pierre in Modern Games. Now, Modern Games, of course, a very, very nice horse, but comes back, wins two grade ones going a little bit longer And the pedigree says this one might want to go a little bit longer too. So at the morning line price, I think is an underlay. I think Master of the Seas is a very, very nice horse that's going to be hard to beat. Although I would like it a little bit better if a certain Mr. Buick had made the trip across the Atlantic just because of how good he is. And I'll also give Annapolis another shot. I just think that last race at Kentucky Downs, too bad to be true. Had some traffic trouble that day and gets first-time Flavian Pratt, which is a very powerful switch, especially in turf races. See, it makes me think of Naval Warfare, but Master of the Seas also makes me think of the uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie with uh, with uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think it's The Master, uh, where he's like Elrond Hubbard. No big deal. Also, uh, you know, what's funny is, uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard a show with uh, Mal Bamford whenever he's on. He lives over in Newcastle. He He's a English... Gentlemen, he's also a remarkable uh, baseball and NFL football handicapper uh, and says fun things like I was as confused as a bird in a solar eclipse. Don't know what it means. It doesn't even sound super British, but the way he does it is awesome. Hey. But he taught me with these Godolphin horses. It's like, listen, when there are multiple Godolphin entries, always bet the white hat. And so now when I see the name on the owner line, I start like eagerly scrolling through to see if there's a second Godolphin horse and if one might be wearing a, a different lid. There was no such thing. Uh, I went this summer basically blindly betting uh charles appleby um every single time he shipped one in uh, with mixed results this worked out sometimes it didn't work out some other time that was a much better angle a couple of years ago before everyone realized he had all the best turf horses in the world oh but two years ago uh i got absolutely smoked uh in a span of like three minutes apart with uh, a race at Woodbine and w- whatever the race he was, he won at Backwaduct or or not. It was Belmont then at that point. It was like I'm against these both both these favorites. I'm against them heavy. And then like as he as I get smoked at Woodbine, the gate pops, and then I get smoked at Belmont. And I was on live stream, and it was really fucking demoralizing. Oh god, yeah. All right, I'm going to just recap my plays real quick. Race one, we had a $10 win, number 10. Race four, $5 win place, number 10. Race six, a $10 exacta, 11 over the four, seven. 
Uh, race six also we're starting to pick three seven eleven with three four with two four seven eight. Race seven we're taking a ten dollar win on number four. Race eight a ten dollar exact uh, uh, maybe hedge maybe not uh, three over the four seven eight and then we finish it off with a one dollar trifecta three seven nine with one with two three four five seven nine. Uh, Andrew rattle them off. Sure. So race number one, $10 win play on the eight. Race number three, $3 exact is two five with one, two, five, seven and $2 doubles, two five with six. Race number four, $10 win bet on the six, $3 exact is six with one, five, nine, 11 and $2 exact is one, five, nine, 11 with six. Race number six, $10 to win on the nine. Race number seven, one dollar pick four, one four with three, with seven nine, with one nine. And in race number eight, another one dollar pick four, three with seven nine, with one nine, with one four five seven and twelve. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep doing these recaps at the end or not, because it just felt like we were just reading off the decimals behind pi, you know, at, hey. at, at a certain point. It's uh, no, I'm not, and it's not, it's listen, don't. Daddy, Daddy's not mad at you. I'm just saying it's the nature of the beast, Andrew. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. I, I I don't think you would have been mad at me for doing what you told me to do. That's right. That's well. You would be surprised. Uh, actually, I I'm a very uh mercurial person. Uh, wait, wait. Yeah, big things going on this weekend. Um, got a couple of things going on. Been sort of a weird week out here. I'm still recovering a little bit from uh, bowling last night. My right wrist is sort of shot, but uh, somebody learned not to piss me off. So that was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Oh, um, yeah. They found out, huh? Yeah, they did. They did. They. I hit a gear that I have not hit since I was regularly bowling tournaments when I was in high school. The don't piss me off gear. The switch flipped. And uh, I was telling the other team, get your boy, get your boy. Yeah. And so it was a fun time, but no, I, lots going on here. You can follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it at Andrew champagne for any sort of updates you want. Uh, Keeneland getting opened up again. That's great. Love the fact, by the way, and we need to say this before we get off the air. Love that they're supplying free pass performances. That's such an easy thing to do that very few tracks actually do. So shout out to Keeneland for making the data a little bit more accessible for horse players and just removing a barrier to entry. So good on them for that. Uh, Saturday's card, very good. We're recording this Friday morning. The opening day card, very good as well. It's a fun meet. There's a lot of really good stuff going on, and it leads up to the Breeders' Cup in about a month out here in California. So usually a really good time to be a horse racing fan. Got to tell you, underwhelmed by the prospects of this Breeders' Cup and what's probably the worst Breeders' Cup classic in the history of the race. And I think it's ironic that they call it the Breeders' Cup when the breeding industry has shuttled all of these talented three-year-olds off to stud to where they're not running at four and five and horses don't run as long. And now we've got a race for millions and millions of dollars with if Archangelo doesn't win, what's the story? 
I'll be going to tattoo every single Japanese horse uh, that makes it to the game. I'll tell you, that's not the worst strategy in the world. Ushba Tesoro winning the Dubai World Cup as impressively as he did, he's not going to be favored. I feel like the lowest he's going to be is your third choice behind Arcangelo and White Abario. And by the way, the fact that we're talking about White Abario as a potential Breeders' Cup Classic favorite, look, it just... If that's the best older horse we have going a mile and a quarter, that's a sad commentary on our landscape. He's a nice horse, but if that's the best we've got going two turns, that's just an abject failure to produce world-class dirt horses going a mile and a quarter. I kind of, yeah, I kind of agree. No, I I think with the Japanese horses, I keep saying and keep thinking that within the next five years, you'll have a Japanese Kentucky Derby winner and you'll have a Cup Classic winner at some point they're doing too well with the breeding and it seems like you know the way i understand it it will one their training methods are different like they they will work the horse out like six furlongs in the morning of the race Mm -hmm. and two it it seems like their focus seems to be more on finding like superstar mares and kind of putting less emphasis on the on the uh you know the the sire side of the bloodline and more on you know the the uh the mares and Well, they're taking all of the stallions we've decided we don't want because they're focused more on stamina and soundness than on whatever the hell brilliance is. And the closest I've ever gotten anybody to defining what brilliance is, Mm -hmm. is like the Supreme Court justice who talked about pornography. It's not pornography, but I know what it is. I'll know what it is when I see it. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that we've based a billion dollar industry on such a ridiculous concept my God, but credit to uh, the Japanese for finding a spot in the market and being able to exploit it. And I got to tell you, you said within five years, we'll have a Japanese Kentucky Derby winner. Watch Derma Sotogake's trip from the Kentucky Derby this past year. Yep. I don't know if he was going to win that trip at least cost him third. They're getting close. And whenever a Japanese horse winds up winning the Kentucky Derby, you know there's going to be a closed-door meeting of a bunch of billionaires the Sunday morning after the Derby in Kentucky going, oh, my God, how did we let this happen? Here! Here is how! We've been telling you this for 10 or 15 years. Stop breeding horses to go an eighth of a mile at a two-year-old sale and start breeding horses to actually go two turns. I'm getting fired up here, Chase. This is better than coffee. This is wonderful. I want at at that closed-door meeting... uh, to bust in the closed door, uh, the oldest living uh, relation to Henry Ford to be like, ah, trouble with the Japanese industry, I see. I We've been there before. Let me tell you, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, just casual jokes about uh, the auto industry that I, that I throw out there. You never know what you're going to get here on the Notorious OTV. That's it. That is the end of a just fantastic week of content. If you missed uh, our show with uh, Craig Milkowski on from uh, Wednesday, talking about today's uh, Backwaduct Late Pick 5, there's time to listen to that before. That Matt Dinnerman thing, evergreen. I'm embarrassed to say uh, I was in conversations with people and used the ever word evergreen three or four times before I realized what it ever meant because I was too ashamed to ask. And then, of course, this. you got until post-time tomorrow to just hammer some of these bets. We did pretty good with our, our Travers $100 budget. Uh, Andrew, thanks for joining. 
We'll catch you next week on the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We should have new paddock reporter Crystal Conning from Oakland joining us. We will see you then.